You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast. The OPP is brought to you by Natural Stacks, makers of 100% natural and open source supplements designed to help you live optimal. For more information on how to build optimal mental and physical performance into your life, go to naturalstacks.com. Okay, everybody, before we jump into this episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast, like every episode, I like to talk a little bit about some of the products that I take that I love. And today, I'm going to talk about one that I take every single day, which is the BCAAs, and that's branch chain amino acids. I eat ketogenically uh, about 80-20, so most of the time I'm fasting uh, until 2 o'clock just about every single day. And one thing that I've found that's helped me retain lean muscle mass and has helped in my workouts is these branch chain amino acids. So I take this in the morning before I go to jujitsu, or I'll take these before I do a kettlebell circuit at my house. And one thing that I thought was kind of cool was two weeks ago's web episode with Brett Kelly from... U.S. Ski and Snowboard, he talked about how he was using the branch chain amino acids in combination with the biocreatine that we carry. And it brought up a key point for me in the fact that all of the stuff that Natural Stacks makes is formulated for uh, synergy. And that's just a fancy way of these things work together. So if you're working out or you're doing intermittent fasting, Taking the branch chain amino acids just gives you an extra boost, an extra bump of energy, and also helps you retain retain lean muscle mass uh, where diet can't. If you have not ever purchased anything on naturalstacks.com and you're just a big fan of the podcast, check it out. There's so many awesome products and you can use the code MAC15, M-A-C-15 to get 15% off your first online purchase at naturalstacks.com. And if you're an intermittent faster, I would strongly suggest the natural BCAAs. Play on, players. Oh, and also, we're running a promo for our new Siltep to go packs. Uh, Carrying around a bottle while you're traveling or at work or just doing normal life stuff can be a little bit cumbersome, so you can bring uh, Siltep to go pack. Um, this is good for uh, a little bit of energy if you're traveling. It's also, for me, it's the it's my favorite nootropic of all time. It's it's reliable. It helps me stay focused uh, when I have a lot of stuff to do, and that's most of the time, including doing this amazing podcast for you guys. And the Siltep to go, we're doing a special offer right now. If you buy. Uh, Siltep to go on naturalstacks.com. Use Siltep for all. That's the number for all. Siltep for all, and you'll save 10 bucks on your purchase of Siltep to go pack. Like I said, it's my most favorite nootropic of all time. Immediate boost in mental performance, and and for me, it's it's really the the sub the go-to supplement when people um coaching clients of mine or friends of mine that are just sort of like lacking a little bit of energy i always point them to siltep and now you can get it in a to-go pack which is pretty sweet in this week's episode of the optimal performance podcast we sit down with rowena gates who is the co-founder of ang3 that's eng3 which is a biotech company that sells and creates uh, the Nano V. The Nano V is a pretty incredible little device that is highly scientific and highly technical. And so our conversation ranges from how to use this thing, uh, who it helps, and what the possible potential is for using the Nano V with with regularity. You may have heard her on uh, the Bulletproof podcast with Dave Asprey a little while ago. And what this machine does is it uses structured water and runs it through uh, a little tube that actually uh, sends uh, structures the water in a way that when you breathe in these water vapors um, it's immediately absorbed into your into your body and it helps with protein folding now for a dum-dum like me who doesn't know much about uh, protein folding basically it's an essential part of our ability to uh, recover and re- remain vital so the nano v um, has been used by top athletes by people who are um, recovering from disease or who are recovering from radiation and you can find it in in various clinics across the country and uh, we the, the conversation ranges from the the very specific 
about oxidative stress and how the Nano-V helps it, but it also gets into a little bit about complementary services and, and, um, and methods that you can use the Nano-V with to just live a more optimal life. And for those of you guys, I know as listeners, you're tinkering around with lots of different things, not only wearables and stuff like that, but you're always looking for the next, uh, the next breakthrough in performance technology. And the Nano-V is that. I've tried it a couple of times and I'll tell you, I actually received a little bit of a boost in my energy which has never been a problem for me, but I did receive a boost in my energy when I used it. It's it's highly technical and it's fascinating. And uh, I know you're going to enjoy this episode. So thanks for tuning in. As always, there's show notes on the website. And please drop me a line. Thank you for commenting on the posts recently. You guys that have commented on the posts, I'll always respond. Send me an email, sean at naturalstacks.com. Follow me on Instagram, the Mystic Mac. And uh, once again, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you guys continuing to tune in. And it's, it's my only goal to provide you with the coolest, most interesting topics for the Optimal Performance Podcast. Enjoy. You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast. And I'm your host, Sean McCormick. It's the OPP. I'm a performance coach, a wellness entrepreneur, a blogger, a speaker, a biohacker, and it's my privilege to bring to you the leading experts in the field of performance. So let's dig right in. And we're here with Rowena Gates from Eng3. Rowena, thanks for joining us. Hey, it's a pleasure. Good to be here. So we're going to dig into so much science and so much performance, but before we dig into any of that, uh, I like to start each of these podcasts the same way, which is to ask each guest what they have in their body for today. So today it's, uh, you know, 930 on a Monday morning in uh, Pacific Standard Time. What have you eaten? What sort of supplements, coffees, what's in your body right now, Rowena? Um, Not much. I've had a small cup of coffee and some water and that's it. I'm one of those intermittent fasters. <laughs> Are you every day? Yeah. So I go till about noon or one, depending on how busy I am. And then I sort of have breakfast, lunch, and dinner all condensed into uh, maybe six hours or seven, depending. Yeah. I'm the same way. Do you, uh, yeah, I, I eat in a, in a window the same, uh, two o'clock till, till about eight or nine o'clock. Do you, um, do you take supplements or tinctures or anything like that? I do in the evening. Oh, yeah. Is it is it um, is it targeted at uh, sort of sleep and recovery, or is it just that's just kind of when you do it? Um, it's just because it's when I do it because otherwise I forget. I I do actually I do take um, some stuff in the morning like Restore, Zach Bush's product, um, but mostly I I just do it in the evening or else I forget to do it. I'm not yeah. really reliably diligent about that. <laughs> You're, if, if you're like me, you like to do all the hard work in the first half of the day when you're sharp and light on your toes, right? Yes. Yeah, me too. So like I said, we're going to dig into all sorts of the aspect and, and I'll you know just sort of preface by saying that I've actually tried the Nano-V a couple of times and I'll tell a little bit about my experience with it. And Rowena, you and I have met, um, met before at uh, my flotation center at Float Seattle in Bellevue. Um, but let's start with the basics. And you've been on the Bulletproof podcast, and and I've seen you speak in other ways too. And uh, I know that you guys are active in the uh, the sort of uh, conference conference world. But I think that we should start with sort of the basics. So tell us a little bit about um, what oxidative stress is. So oxidative stress is coming from. Uh, the use of oxygen, and they call that the oxygen irony. It's part of that sense of humor the body has where the one thing you really can't live without for more than a few minutes is also um, just systematically damaging because it's like the exhaust from the engine is a pollution in the body, and it's putting out free radicals, and if they accumulate, then it's oxidative stress, and if they it's pervasive, then it becomes oxidative stress damage. And what, what can oxidative stress 
and oxidative stress damage lead to? So basically, the 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 free radical is going to damage anything it can get its hands on. And so it's often proteins, it could be the mitochondria itself, any cell component, the cell membrane, anything that interacts with it. And so the, um, the first line of defense for the body is antioxidants. And they, they stand in the way, basically, they interrupt that damage. And so good intake of antioxidants is great. But it's not perfect. It, that's the first line of defense, but there is still damage that occurs. So the second line of da- uh, defense is to repair the damage after it's happened. And that's where the, excuse me, that's where the nano-V device comes in. So we don't, we're not an antioxidant, but we repair the device, af- or I'm sorry, we repair the damage after it's occurred. Does our body have a natural way to repair oxidative stress? Absolutely. And it, it produces the antioxidants itself. Uh, and so we supplement, but, that, but you know, the, the antioxidants are coming from within. Then we have the exogenous supplementation. And so all of those processes are naturally occurring all the time. And if we didn't repair, we wouldn't live very long. Um, but one thing that's very interesting that they've shown is, um, and athletes in particular, understand that the more oxygen you consume, the more oxidative stress. So then um, taking antioxidants or intaking them is very important. And in some cases, they'd supplement, but over-supplement the antioxidants. And um, another sort of irony of the body is that the the free radicals, uh, reactive oxygen species, is actually doing damage generally, but also has a signaling responsibility as a second messenger it's a a molecule that that emits a specific energy that triggers repair so if you do too much on the antioxidant side you interrupt too much of that process then your body's not getting the message to repair right and a few years ago in norway they showed that the athletes that had were sort of over supplemented didn't put on muscle mass the way the the other athletes did. So you can actually undermine your agenda if you overdo the antioxidants. So that's not a solution, basically. You can't just take endless antioxidants and expect that to mitigate all the free radical damage. Right, because you're not you're 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 over you're overdoing and sort of undermining the body's own biological processes, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So as far as, you know, um, the, the damage that, that comes from oxidative stress, I'm thinking about our audience, you know, uh, for, for the hard charger type A mover shaker that's taking, taking supplements and taking care of their body and, and potentially doing a ton of cardio, if they're doing a lot, lots of long-term cardio, are they more susceptible to oxidative stress than someone who does zero or a little bit of cardio? Um, it depends on what they do to mitigate it. They're definitely going to create more. An athlete can create 100 times more oxidative stress, but they might be in the position to repair that very easily. But when you say type A, that makes me think of um, somebody that's also a more sort of stressed personality, which means they should get in a float tank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when they're just in overdrive all the time, and we see this all the time, they're high performers. But if they don't take that time out, that calm time, and give their body a chance to catch up, um, then they are gonna their damage is gonna outweigh the repair. And you, right. there are certain athletes or types of people that you they just age faster because they're not keeping up. And um, and that's obviously the ongoing thing. If if our repair kept up to the damage that was being done, we wouldn't age. Because our cells have the ability to recreate themselves perfectly and so on. And so it's just a matter of how fast we age at some point. And then the other side of it is depending on where the damage is and how it's done, it, can, it could ultimately end up as a chronic illness. So certain types of damage might show up as cancers, whereas other types of damage show up as diabetes or respiratory illness or and so on. Right. So as far as that recovery process too, that sort of gets into protein folding, which is which is an an, an important element of what NanoV 
uh, does. Can you tell us again, as as uh, as accessibly as possible, okay. uh, what um, what protein folding is? So the proteins are chains of amino acids that are just kind of hanging around there, and they need to fold into specific three dimensional shapes in order to do their function. And there's just this huge orchestration of activities that can be biophysical or biochemical that trigger the, uh, these proteins into action. And when they fold into their three-dimensional shape and they have the right structure, only then can they function correctly. So protein folding is critical to proper function and proper function is critical to everything all the repair that gets done all the movement blink your eye and that's protein activity and so they're really critical and their ability to perform their tasks is all based on them creating the correct shapes and and behaving correctly and where are these are we talking about the proteins like in the mitochondria in the cells themselves yes the um, inside the cell, they're tiny, and we don't know so much about it, them. There's there's thirty thousand that have been identified, something like that. But huh. they estimate there's about a million in there. And then you think of the complexity that all of those guys could interact in ways that are just so complex that um, it's probably never possible to figure it all out just through kind of an analytical approach to it. And that's why. It's one one inter. There's many drug interventions that go after specific proteins, turn the receptors on or off, uh, replace them if they're missing, and so on. So there's been some great advances uh, through kind of manipulating proteins, but that whole suite of proteins being so huge and the, all the potential for unintended consequences because they interact and they play possibly multiple roles that are very hard to track with all these interactions, that's what, um, that's what makes it, you know, really hard to, to sort out. And, and it, yeah. And as we, and as we age and as we have more stress, that affects our, that, that affects, that affects the protein folding process, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, oh, I mentioned that they were really small and you asked about it. There's just tons of them inside the cell as there are tons of mitochondria. And uh, with the mitochondria, since the oxygen's burned in the mitochondria, a lot of the damage is to the mitochondria itself. And um, that's a big part of what people notice about our device. It's one of the reasons that Dave Asprey likes it so much, because he's been really focused on mitochondrial function. And if you can repair damage related to the mitochondria, you get better output, better energy. And that's, that's kind of fundamental to the whole system working better. So athletes notice that. And, um, and it's, it's great for concentration, which is like running a marathon only with your mind. And so it's that mitochondrial function is also this sort of foundation piece of health. Right, right. And before we get into the device and how the device works and what it does, um, can you tell us a little bit about your background with ENG3? That's E-N-G-3. Can you tell us how you got involved? I mean, how does anyone get involved with, with uh, you know, longevity devices and health devices? Like, what, Tell us your story a little bit. Oh, my story is a, it's a circuitous path. I was in tech. Um, first company was in 1995. Um, and we were doing trade or, or logistics over the internet, and it was pretty challenging because investors didn't really know what the internet was, and there were very few people who really believed it was something that would be used in commerce. I mean, it was kind of early. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, then the next company I did was more specifically related to international trade documentation. The first one was called End Passage. And it was around for a while, and uh, but then I started focusing on the the trade documentation, and I'd um, shifted out of that company and was going to take some time off, and I said I would help Han Zeng because 
in spite of his name, Han Zhang is a big German guy. He's he's not Chinese, and uh, he his German was not as good then as it is now. Let's just say that. His <laughs> English with you know getting the English right and things like that, and then we'd get these phone calls about how helpful it was to people, and it really it really swept me up because it it was a much better purpose than than international trade documents. I mean, nobody ever called and said it changed their life. <laughs> and so I just kind of got caught in that um, feeling like I was doing something meaningful. And I shifted over. By now, I feel like I know quite a lot about the medical device space. But at that time, I really, you know, I, I was brand new. You were, you were drawn by, by the passion to help people and provide them with something interesting. Exactly. And it was accidental. I'm embarrassed to say, but I mean, I was helping people with trade documents, so that felt fulfilling, but this was just so much more more helpful. And you probably noticed that too with natural stacks and your float projects where it just really feels good when you have a good outcome. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, it really does. And, and speaking of, you know, speaking of the outcome, your guys' website is really comprehensive and we're going to get into who uses it, uh, uses the device, um, but pro athletes, um, hard charging investors, uh, and, and the site does a really good job to explain um, sort of the qualitative responses that you get from people. Um, but before we get into that a little bit, can you, can you describe, and we're going to have links galore uh, for this podcast, but can you describe how the Nano V, that's N-A-N- O-V-I. Can you explain how the Nano V works, what it is, how it looks, how you use it? Sure. I'm going to just let me walk through from the very beginning and you have to, people can visualize it maybe, but uh, the device has bubbling water to create humidity. And then that humidity is, is passed through excitation chambers. And what we're doing is mimicking what the body naturally does. So we're mimicking that reactive oxygen species that I mentioned earlier that emits a specific signal that's used to trigger repair and, and assist the body with protein folding and, and function. And so we are only mimicking what the body's doing, and that all that research is out of cell biology. It's all done, already done, basically. So we... Uh, our our innovation is to find a way to do that artificially and augment the body's processes. And so the air passes through the excitation chamber and you inhale it. But what's happening is all biophysical. There's no biochemistry, which people find confusing because when you inhale something, everybody thinks it's oxygen. <laughs> but in this case, what we're doing is modifying the water droplets. So the water droplets have a different state. We've shown that in research labs. We've verified that, that it has these particular properties that are what's needed to ultimately um, help the protein folding process. So uh, that adjustment to the water is it's called ordered water. It's also uh, related to Dr. Pollock's work uh, and others' work in easy water, exclusion zone water. And it's a different state, and they call it the fourth phase of water because it's not solid, liquid, or gas. It's almost like a gel state. And it's a very, it's sort of special uh, properties, and it's special to the body. So that is inhaled by the user. You can either use a nasal cannula, which is like an oxygen delivery, or you can, you can breathe it directly from the tube from the device. And once it, you inhale it, it goes through the mucous membrane out through the watery environment. And it doesn't, so it doesn't have to go directly into the lungs. It's going to, as soon as it touches the water, there's all this interconnected uh, water in the system. And it's something like 99% of your body's molecules are water. So there's a lot of water there. But the body's not like a big bag of water. Are the, it's like uh, it's more like a cloud. It's like pockets of water because the cells divide it up, and so the humidity, which are droplets of water, work very well in that environment. And Dr. Pollock actually wrote a a piece about that to explain why the humidity 
is so important. You can't just drink this water and have it do the same thing because you need a lot of surface area. And so each of the droplets has that surface area. So that's essentially how the person gets it into their body. We have, um, there's three sizes of device. And just so people know, they're ranging from a little over $5,000 to a little under $14,000. So it is an upfront investment. Um, but it's uh, the, those, depending on which device you have, then you use it for anywhere from an hour to 15 minutes. And so all of our pro athletes and dentists and doctors will often buy that expensive device because they want the shorter time period. But the other devices are great and it doesn't have to be done in 15 minutes. That's what the executives get. Just give me the yeah. <laughs> Right. Just yeah, give me the best. Give me the best one. Yeah. The best one you got. And is, and is that be, is, is the different prices for the power of the actual chamber? Is, the, is it because of the, the, the complexity of the chamber? Yeah, it's the output of the device. So it is more um, more powerful. And so you're really doubling up that 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 output. So, yeah. Yeah. So you talked a little bit about some of the athletes that you use and uh, or that, that use the device. Um, you know, Ben Greenfield has talked a lot about it. I know Matt Boyd, who is a local, you know, local to me up here in the Northwest, uh, a pitcher for uh, for the Detroit Tigers. Um, I I gotta imagine that this is also really highly beneficial, not only for but for, for endurance athletes. Um, can you tell us a little bit about some of some of the experiences that uh, that these that these athletes have uh, have had? Well, one of the things that's really noticeable for them is they use it after training. So if they're running or riding a bike or whatever, and they recover faster. So what might normally take them a few days to recover, they can reduce significantly. And why it means to a performance athlete is they can train harder because they're just going to go do more of it now that they, but that's how they develop their skill and that's how they win races. And so the biggest thing that, that any trained athlete can notice is that they recover faster. And that includes kind of all aspects, energy levels, uh, soreness, all, of, all the aspects of recovery. And we've even had um, one guy who was a, one of the tough mutter type guys who said he felt cheated afterwards because he wasn't sore and he, worked, he knew he'd worked out really hard. And he should feel bad. And it's like, I don't even feel bad. This is, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's funny. But so that's a, that's a really big one, especially for endurance athletes, because they're doing, they're really doing the long haul. And we have one guy that's done, um, okay, I might say this wrong, a DECA Ultra Marathon. No, a DECA Ultra Triathlon, which is 10 Ironman competitions 10 days in a row. I mean, uh, anyway, that's not me. That's not me. But uh, it's not me either. As a, and he's also done the Arctic race that's uh, you know largely up above the Arctic Circle and so on. And so for people like that, it's a it's a really big aspect. They're never going to keep up uh, with the, that kind of damage in ten days. However, over the time and the months following it's still going to really help them with regeneration. And what, what does, what does this athlete talk about? I mean, have you, have you, have you talked to the athlete directly? Do you know, um, like, would they use it direct, like right after a race? As they typically will use it as soon as they can afterwards. Sometimes that's not logistically possible. And um, in some cases we've also shown for, for athletes that, um, if it's used before performance, it reduces lactic acid very huh. significantly. And so for some athletes, if you were, say, a sprinter, it would be pretty easy to find a time to use it and then go do your race. But for others, like the hockey players, they have, they have a bunch of prep and gearing up and all of that. So they couldn't use it right before. But... Um, Ideally, if you're using it every day, you still get that that sort of benefit that you're going to have less lactate in your system. Unfortunately, we don't have the measurements of that. So we have a double-blind placebo-controlled study showing using it prior 
to all-out exertion exercise will reduce lactic acid by as much as 17%. And that's a controlled crossover study. But what we don't have is the sort of that follow-on research that would say, well, if you used it three hours before, would it have the same effect? And so... Wow, that's really compelling. I mean, 17% can mean uh, the difference between a top 10 finish and not qualifying for something. It's really stunning. Now, I have to, I just want to remind everybody that that all out exertion test is when the athlete goes to depletion, which is either the doctor stops the test or the athlete does, has to be supervised, but they go to full exhaustion. And pretty much nobody does that in sports. So you wouldn't expect the same number from what people's normal activities, but it's still very, very dramatic. Yeah. Uh, I mean, people have not seen anything like that, basically. Right. So so that's a, a great aspect of it. And I think that we'll see more and more use for these all kinds of sports where they're, you know, their legs give out, say, if they're running down the field or court or whatever that lactic acid's a big deal for lots of sports yeah and and what about for non-athletes well for non-athletes it's only the people who want to have healthy aging that need it (laughs) and so it is it is um repairing the damage and uh, helping people age more gracefully uh they may or may not notice um, more energy, very often people do, or more clarity and focus. But the biggest thing that most people notice, and actually this relates really well to what you're doing with the flotation tanks, is it has it balances the autonomic nervous system. It can pretty much you can just always show that with heart rate variability testing, and um, that, as you know, has a huge benefit for all aspects of health. And the most noticeable one for us is better sleep. But it also is noticeable for people's mood, anxiety, and so on um, when they get that advantage. And that's, um, that's a really great combination with flotation because you're just helping that person get out of the, the sympathetic state, which is the stress mode, and into a parasympathetic state where they're going to be calm and relaxed. And so that's why that executive, that type A executive benefits so much from it because <laughs> they, yeah. they spend a lot of time in that uh, sympathetic state of the autonomic nervous system. Right. Well, it's, it's, it's akin to uh, endurance athletes because for, for people who are mentally straining day after day, you know, I'm taking a vacation tomorrow <laughs> because I know that I, my body needs it. You know, I need, I need a break. I need, I need time to, I need at least a couple of days to recharge my batteries. And, and the fact that nano V can not only reduce lactic acid and help recovery, um, but in assistance with the protein folding, it's actually helping it because we know that there's lots of mitochondria in our brain that it that it helps with that mental mental strain have you and you've seen that you've seen that time and time again i assume yeah absolutely and i think that's such a good point to make sean because i don't think people realize that you do oxidative damage by tremendous concentration and focus it's it's like physical activity in that you're burning a lot of calories your brain's a huge user of oxygen and when you really challenge the brain which is fantastic that's that's how people perform so well and, and do great things. But then you also need that recovery time, just like you would if you were an athlete. And I think that's where people sort of get behind and they, they run their careers and suddenly realize, oh, man, I'm not, you know, I'm just not feeling as good as I should be at, at 50 or 60 or something. Yeah. Um, how often do you use it? I use it every day. Almost every day, I don't. I don't use it on weekends. Um, this weekend, I took it home, but often I just have it at my desk, and so I use it uh, often a couple times a day too. So do a session, a morning session, and the evening. And that's another thing. You don't have to do a whole session all at once. You can do more smaller sessions. You can use it a lot. And I should explain that when I talked about the device, I mentioned it's biophysics, but you're not introducing any foreign substance. You're not doing anything that um, can 
can create problems. So if you use it more, you know, if you use it a lot, it doesn't have the potential for contraindications or any downside to it. So I figure, well, if I'm at my desk anyway, I may as well be using it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't you? Could you potentially be using it like all day? Can you can you do too much of it? Um, yes and no. Uh, people, there are people that use it while they sleep at night, um, and but the only the only time you can really do too much is when you first start using it. Part of part of the cell's job is to get rid of the waste products. So, in fact, there was a Nobel Prize in medicine for that in 2016 for the person who did that background research to to look at how the the cells, you know, identify when something's wrong, recycle what they can and eliminate the rest of it. And um, so if people have a lot of that toxicity that's built up um, or I, I don't know, I guess it's not necessarily toxicity, but sort of that waste in the cells, whatever it is, then they should start using the device slowly because when you get better cellular function, it's going to try to get rid of these waste products. And if your elimination system doesn't keep up, then you can end up with diarrhea, skin rash, headache, these, these sort of attributes of detoxification. And so then it's important to go more slowly so the, the system's comfortable until build up the time and then you're fine. Yeah. Go, going from, going from, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not processing uh, <laughs> effectively enough to I'm doing, I'm doing too well. My body's not used to that. It's not, it's not trained for functioning at this high level. And then, whoa. Yeah. And it can, yeah. and usually those people know who they are because they're sensitive to everything. And it, it's great to get that taken care of. It's just you want to be comfortable. And actually, there's one other thing that's a, it's really a good thing, but it's something that I, I learned quite a bit from um, Athletic Training Institute. You know those guys? Yeah. And um, if there's old injuries that didn't heal correctly, um, the body's going to go in, create the inflammatory process that heals it, and then it resolves. And so in athletes with old injuries that weren't properly healed, they may notice that it gets worse before it gets better, but, but then it will resolve them. And, um, and I should mention that, uh, like with mitochondrial function, it's great for inflammation. And we also have um, double-blind placebo-controlled studies on the um, inflammatory markers that show higher immune response. And I want to point out, we tend to go down this path of inflammation is bad. And actually, it's good and bad. If it's chronic, it's bad. It's not productive. And that is, it can be traced as underlying many, many diseases and, and poor performance. Uh, but that acute phase of inflammation that's productive is essential. It's what gets rid of the cells that have gone off the rails. It's what uh, protects us against pathogens. Uh, it's what gets wounds healed without getting all infected and so on. And so the acute phase of inflammation is very important. And that's what the study showed that after being overstressed, then that acute inflammation was significantly improved by 10 to 17% when the nano V device was used. Wow. Um, but it's, I think it's so important for people to kind of separate these types of inflammation. Yeah. Because there's, there's a bit of a bandwagon effect of just everything reduces inflammation. And, and some inflammation is very good. And that's what we see with these athletes, uh, that it's, it can be, you know, uncomfortable as it kicks back in that healing cycle. Right. What other, what other studies, are there other double-blind placebo tests that you've done that, that, that we'd love to reference? Because I know that our, our listeners are, you know, uh, they want the, they want the data. Is there, are there other things that you can mention? Well, they're, those guys are expensive. So please understand. Yeah, they are. Um, and I should mention those studies were not done by us. They're independent. And so we can't always get exactly what we want from them in terms of data because we don't, we didn't pay for them. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, the right way. Or, or publications. We don't control what they publish. Right. Um, there was an Olympic training center in Vienna that studied double strand DNA breaks in athletes, but it's not a 
a blinded big study, but it's a very reliable. It doesn't have to be in a way because they're taking blood samples and they look at the the double strand breaks will fluoresce during this testing process. It's expensive to do, but they can see how much DNA damage there is. Um, and so they did that on a, a smaller group of athletes, but they showed it pretty substantially uh, reducing the double strand damage. That was something like 13 to 35% less damage. Again, that's going to depend on the overall condition. What else is in the system? What's the state of the athlete? But there's always this pretty, well, always a significant improvement in, in, by the reduction of damage. And, and I should also mention that double strand damage is the tricky stuff because one strand can't replicate off the other strand. So it's really the dangerous stuff. And it's also the stuff that's done through radiation. That's why people take so long to bounce back after some of the therapies that involve radiation. Interesting. Yeah. One one thing that, that you and I chatted before before turning the turning the record button on was was other sort of di- differentiating between um, oxygen therapy, antioxidant therapy. Um, this really does something different than all of those, and and really works in tandem. Can you explain how this is different and complementary to like uh, use of a hyperbaric chamber? Sure. Um, a hyperbaric, actually, it's interesting. Anybody out there who's got a hyperbaric chamber, you really should add the nano B <laughs> because you get the, um, you get much better outcomes. And so that's just for the, for the, for the person using it is it's a big advantage. The hyperbarics flooding the system with oxygen. It's even in the plasma, it's, it's really upping the oxygen in the system. If you follow it with a nanovi session, you can essentially extend that value by getting better utilization of that oxygen. So nanovi doesn't add anything, but if you can, if the cells can utilize it better, then you're going to get a much better outcome. You also get better tolerance of the hyperbaric. And um, so that's we've had. I think I think we have one center that's that's already purchased three or four of those the biggest devices because they, it's just a remarkable difference. It's a little handier to use, but it's doing something different. So there's hyperbaric essential for certain acute healing, wound healing, burns, and so on, stroke. I mean, nanovi will not replace it at all, but it will sort of improve the outcomes and complement it really well. The same with um, EWAT, exercise with oxygen therapy, is a similar when the two are combined. It's, it's a great combination. And right, because when, when, you're, when, you're, when, you're, when you're giving the system more oxygen and you're oxygenating your blood, which is what's happening in a hyperbaric chamber, the Nano-V can work with that oxygen, work with the, that, that increase in, in blood oxygen level to, to like you said, to, to help uh, optimize outcomes, right? Correct. And yeah. always when there's more oxygen, there's more oxidation. And so you also want to mitigate that damage right. as effectively as you can. And so there's a cleanup project, plus there's a, a utilization aspect of it. That, that's why they pair so well with any of the oxygen therapies, including concentrated oxygen. You want to mitigate that, that oxidation. And oxygen—that's uh, um, just basically having having pure oxygen pumped in through the nose. Yeah, yeah. And people—it might not be pure, but they'll go up, and it's sort of a people need more and more of it. If they require oxygen, then they tend to need more and more oxygen. And um, our device is used often in tandem or cycled with concentrated oxygen, so that they they don't have that requirement to to need more and more liters of oxygen over time or the, to, you know, to help it at least. Yeah. If for, if, if, uh, what would a naysayer, what would a, what would a naysayer, um, uh, say, what, what would they pick apart? What would they try to discredit from? I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't mess with double blind placebo studies, uh, talking about, um, lactic acid buildup, but you know what do what do the critics say, and 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 how do you respond? 
Well, the, I think the biggest area of criticism is with related to water. There's a lot of people that are just now kind of coming around to the idea that water has these pretty interesting and unique properties. And if people are not familiar with water research, um, which was, you know, very much rejected for many years because it was so uncomfortable, it was very disruptive when you tell scientific researchers now suddenly water's not just water, that's kind of uh, not very comfortable. And so it's now sort of indisputable. And so people are coming around to it and more accepting of it. But if you have somebody with that older mindset, then they just like, oh, that's, you know, you can't just influence water and then influence the cellular water. And that it supports the protein folding process. And um, however, at this point, it's, it's pretty locked down. And we've done, um, we've done the studies on the water itself uh, to prove that it is a different state of water and that we create that state of water. And so mm-hmm. um, we're, we're a patented technology, and it's the only one in the world that can do that. Yeah. I'd love to talk about my experience with it because, um, I mean, let's make it about me for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so I've used it um, both uh, um, as, as an adjunct with uh, flotation therapy and also with cryotherapy. Um, and what I've found, uh, in, uh, I, I've used it a total of three times and in each case, uh, I used it before the, before cryo and before floating. And what I found th- that after my first exposure, after my first session with it, uh, I felt this sort of like opening up of my of my chest and and this is you know this is getting getting into sort of like um energy and feeling and 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 i'm i'm very aware of how my body processes and be uh, through meditation and supplementation and floating and and exercise and all the things that i do to tinker around and infrared saunas and stuff i i'm i'm pretty aware of when i get a boost of energy and what i found is that when i when i first use it used it i got this I got, I felt like a dopamine rush a little bit. I felt a little bit, I felt like I was sitting up straighter. I felt like I, um, this sort of sense of well being and this, this, you know, maybe 10 or 15% uptick in, in my energy. And, and it really lasted, uh, for, for the rest of the day. And my float was, was supercharged because, you know, the way that I, the way that I use flotation therapy is not only to go in and recover and relax and space out and meditate, but also I use it for problem solving and brainstorming and stuff like that. And what I found is that my mind was moving faster, that my, my attitude and emotional state was elevated. And when I got out of the float tank, uh, I felt like I could, I I really felt like I could go run a marathon. I felt I had, I had an increase in energy and, and I don't know if it was because uh, I was breathing in the 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 very barely humid air. Um, maybe that was a sort of like a uh, my own effect of it. But um, I really enjoyed it. Do do you get a lot of people that say that they get just sort of like a, a quick energy boost from it? Is that common? It's really common that they get almost like a focus and clarity up front. And um, that's, that is very common and sort of related to that. I don't want to go off topic too much, but related to that is when people have low blood oxygen saturation, they will go up even with no concentrated oxygen, their saturation will go up because they're getting better utilization, better mitochondrial function, better utilization. And that's what you would be experiencing over time. You might not notice it as much. But I love the idea of doing it before float because then you're already partway down the path to balance the autonomic nervous system. You're going into the tank more ready to really take advantage of the tank. And we mentioned cryo. We have a lot of people that use it usually after cryo. And um, also, I think, for after flotation would make sense where it's sort of that transition back. Yeah. 
you know, because you probably have people coming out of the tank who are just sitting in a chair going, oh, for a while before they drive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and much like, you know, cryotherapy has a similar effect where um, you just feel, you just feel good. You feel, yeah. you feel focused and relaxed and, and, and this, this sense of well being. Um, and I wanted to read just this quick, uh, this quick quote from Ben Greenfield. Um, for the past four months, I've been breathing air from a special device on my desk, a device called a NanoV. It gives me a clear head, better workouts, and more focus. But the effect goes deep, deep into the body, and actually cause repair. I mean, that another one from him. All I know is I feel amazing when I use the thing, whether it's before exercise or just during the day. And that that those those sorts of quotes you know like we we can learn all the science we can we can know what what uh what the what's uh, what's happening at the cellular level but the proof is always in the pudding how does it make you feel and what does it and how does it make you better and for the listeners of this podcast um it's important to know that it just works and and i think it's and we'll we'll show pictures we'll have links etc so that people can see what it is but it's a really simple device it's a uh, it's a it's a little machine that's like no bigger than a laptop uh, as far as size, and then it has a tube that comes out. There's like this centrifugal water spinner that lights up and looks neat and sci-fi, and then uh, and then there's a tube that comes up and it just sort of like like lightly like whispers this this humid air, and you just breathe it in. So it's it, as far as usability. Um, it's really accessible to people. It's not, it's, it's, it's not, it's not too far out there. Yeah. And we have athletes using it. You put it on a stand beside you on a, on stationary equipment. So the, in that case, you have to use the cannula, not just the tube. That's the cannula is the tube, the plastic tubing, like the oxygen people wear. And so it's pretty easy to use. And actually we have a boxer who's the North American uh, champion for the super middleweight. And he he has both uh, hyperbaric chamber and the nano V, but his point is it's you know it's really easy to use. You can get a session in, you just put it beside you and use it. Whereas you know versus going to cryo or hyperbarics and so on, so it is very handy. Yeah. What what's what do you think? Um, because I, I want to make this accessible to people, and obviously, you know, super athletes are, are getting are getting a positive effect, and, and endurance athletes. But you know, some of the quotes and reviews that you guys have on the website are are really are really interesting. Can you can you share with us a story of maybe a dramatic um, turnaround f- for sort of a common user, whether it was somebody re- uh, recovering from um, a surgery or somebody that was dealing with some some illness or disease? Can you give us like an, an an anecdote from from a user that uh, that our people can connect with? Um, yes and no. I'll do my best. I am we're a FDA class one medical device, and that puts us in a class where we can't make medical claims. Right. But um, one. One classic one uh, that's really just a matter of well-being and regeneration is um, uh, a woman that's been through cancer therapy many months earlier and unable to regain energy levels. So we don't do anything with cancer, but that ability to, to bring her back to life quite literally, you know, just coming back online in relatively short order. Um, that's only the repair and rejuvenation side of it. <laughs> yeah. And so that's one, um, one good example of that. The others are very measurable. So if a person is um, studying from suffering, say, heart disease, they use any of the inflammatory markers or things that are studied as indicators for heart disease. For diabetes, it's blood glucose levels and A1Cs and uh, blood oxygen levels all these things that are easily measured are things that people can look for if they were to want to see the difference and um, we definitely uh, see those differences have them reported by doctors and individuals Um, but i can't really walk through the scenarios very carefully I mean, I have to be very careful, and I'm afraid that I might not be careful enough. <laughs> and no, that was. I, I love talking about athletes. <laughs> yeah, no, you're good. You're good. I, I know that it's. I know that it's tricky. Um, um, making claims and 
Um, that's why I think the qualitative responses are so important because people can actually say like, I did this and I feel really good. I, I did this yeah. and I, and, and my quality of life improved, you know? And all of our, all of our comments and testimonials are reviewed by a compliance person and they're all, um, basically watered down. And so, <laughs> but, um, but that's important to have them, you know, be fitting for our, where we are as a medical device. And, um, so, yeah. So I'm looking at, so, so how can people, where can people, um, you know, if, if they're, if they're not going to buy one, is there, is there a, a place where they can like search to see if there's one near them? Yes. There's a locator at our website. The easiest thing is to go to the footer at the bottom of the page and then you'll see locator. Just click on that, enter your zip code. Um, that's the easiest way to do it. <clears throat> but you're hitting on my my kind of personal mission is that these are very widely available, and with a big device, it it can can you know support a hundred people a week or more um, uh, as a regular therapeutic you know session. And so it's if they can be in centers, <clears throat> excuse me, and in various locations, then uh, people can access the device. So ideally, they're at a gym where you could you know, go and use it while you're already at the gym to work out, things like that. So that that's sort of our agenda moving forward. We're not really there yet, but there's a decent number of centers depending on the location in the country. Cool. Well, I, I, I it keeps coming up and, and I don't remember even how we got connected before I even took over the podcast for Natural Stacks, you and I met, uh, um, but it's it, it just, it keeps... It keeps coming up, and and I know that I know the people at uh, at ATI, um, and when when you hear about something and it's all positive, uh, your you, your ears perk up a little bit. And um, one of the one of the maybe the more interesting cases that I that I had was when um, I hosted a Seattle Startup Week event, uh, and I was part of the personal development track for the Seattle Startup Week. And um, uh, the CEO of Bulletproof Labs, Martin Tobias, um, who is a champion of of uh, of the Nano V, uh, he and I got to talking a little bit, and he's an avid uh, avid cyclist. And he was explaining to me that uh, you know, as the CEO of Bulletproof Labs, he's he's trying all sorts of stuff. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he's he's done it all. Um, and if and if he hasn't, he's planning to. And, and what I was struck by by him is not only his 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 level of fitness, um, as you know, for, and for those of you that don't know, Martin um, is an angel investor and CEO of uh, of several startups, including Tipper, and he's just a really highly effective person and um, um, spends time in Seattle and in um, in California. And what he was explaining to me was he he was really diligently timing his his bike ride uh, up a specific hill that's by his house. And he had been timing it for months and months and it really wasn't improving. And he was trying all these different things to try to improve his, his cycling time. And then I think what he said was he just did like two sessions with the Nano V and his personal best uh, jumped. I think he cut off some, I don't remember what it was, but he cut off time off of the cycling route that he did every single day and when when a guy like that says, "Yeah, this it's it's pretty incredible. I really like it." And uh, of course, I bought four, and we're going to have it here. And, and you know, it showed it to Dave Asprey, and now he's got four of them. Like that that was it. Really struck me. It, does that? I mean, uh, do you work? Do you do you know Martin? Have you worked with Martin? You work closely with him? Yeah, yeah. Now it's the other way around, though. Dave Asprey had it long before. Oh, yeah, before Labs opened, and so Labs. Labs added it partly because of the for what you said is they they slid it in at the last minute when they opened it up, but Dave had been using it for quite a long time before that, and um, it's definitely it's definitely something that people can measure and and for example in his case he was just using it each day and then rode the bike so it wasn't as if he was doing the session right before riding. Um, and that's a, that's a performance advantage that is, is pretty significant, but I have to say it all depends, um, because every person will be a bit different with it, depending on where they are physically, what they're tuned into, what they're measuring. And it's hard to set an expectation for what someone will experience 
a lot of people get sort of this clarity and energy and focus and uh, and some people don't get that at all and so it's really you know it's a bit it's a bit uh it's a bit tricky that way because we've had um we have one stem cell doctor it's great with any stem cell treatments perfect complementary how so well the the stem cells have to remain viable right it's how many of them survive which is really the big thing you can spend a lot of money and if most of them don't make it they're not going to be very helpful and so it really supports the process. We have doctors using it, you know, before and after to pre-treat, get the system ready, and then um, after to to help out. But this one doctor had like a hugely dramatic response where he was having trouble running just, you know, three miles and suddenly he could run eight miles or whatever. It was just crazy response. And then he's telling people about it and I'm saying, no, no, <laughs> you can't set that expectation, you know, nobody else is going to be like you. But some people, like in his case, I think he was close to some threshold. So the device helped get him up over that threshold. So it was really profound. But other people, it might be just a very gradual increase over time. And it yeah. might take weeks that it builds up. And then they kind of take inventory and recognize that they're actually at a very different place, but they didn't even notice it. Right. So it's, right. it's tricky that way. <laughs> yeah, everybody's physiology is different and, and, and they're, they, they're, they're going to respond differently based on kind of where they're at. Um, for 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 those folks that would try it and maybe don't get that that uh, that boost of energy that sort of noticeable uh re response from doing a session um what would be some ways that you could measure uh afterward let's like if you if you were if you measured before uh, the nano V and then you did a series of nano V's or you introduced it as sort of a daily practice. What, what might somebody m try to measure in their, in their blood or in their respiratory systems to, to show what, what impact it's having? The, the best thing is if you're ill, <laughs> oh. because then you're already taking measurements and you're, you're off, right? If you're perfectly balanced and everything's perfect, it won't, it won't show improvement. And so the more, um, the older the person is or the, the more off track they already are, the better uh, for showing that result. And then it's whatever is typically being used to measure. So all of the standard measures, especially the inflammatory markers, are really kind of a universal indicator. Um, but anything that's also disease-specific are things that, that should be looked at. And, and I had one person who um, had heart disease, and he called and said, you know, I just don't think this is working. And um, we do have a return policy. We don't want people to have them if they don't, you know, if it doesn't work for them. And I said, well, just, you know, wait and see what your doctor says. Well, the, he just wasn't tuned into his body. The uh. differences were profound. And when he saw the blood work, then, of course, he kept the device. Right. So that's the other side of it is that you and the people you uh, interact with largely are probably pretty tuned in and perceptive and noticing, but there's a lot of people that aren't. And, and I had, well, I can't really say that online, but I've had somebody that was really, um, you know, a, a really big difference and he didn't notice it because it was gradual, but then he, re he looked back on it and said, oh yeah, I can, I can, you know, drive my car again and, you know, do these different day-to-day -day functions that, Hadn't been possible, but it was a gradual change, so he didn't even notice it. Yeah, but right. he would have noticed, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Well, I, I noticed. I noticed immediately as soon as the as soon as the machine turned off, I I, I could tell a difference. Um, how, how about for because you mentioned it just briefly? How about for the elder elderly population? Um, are you seeing are you seeing the you know people um, sort of geriatric care providers? Do they use do they use the Nano V? The care providers, not that's not such a big section of the medical community. It's more the functional medicine or integrative medicine. Um, uh, dentists and plastic surgeons have a real interest for um, faster repair, shall we say? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, but that, if it's a dramatically faster repair, somebody like um, a, a oral surgeon or a plastic surgeon 
cares a lot about that. And right. so that's a, a really good place for it. And um, and actually, that's one other story I can I can share. I think legally um, is a, a woman that had had uh, extensive bone grafts for um, oral surgery, and she already had a device. She used it a lot the day of, and um, the next day when she went in, she didn't have bruising, swelling, and pain. And her dentist bought the big device as a result of wow. that. Wow! Wow! So that those things can be pretty big factors. Um, f- for how you know, for how people respond, when you're already very healthy, and you just want to slow the aging process, you can't expect big changes um, that are dramatically noticeable. And so, um, for those people, it might be if they're not really tuned in, then it's more of a matter of understanding that it's beneficial, just like understanding a good diet's good for you and doing it more than, oh, this is, you know, really noticeable to me. Right. Most yeah. that are more kind of in, in touch with energy and all of that, um, like you are very healthy, but you can still notice it. They do pick up on it. Yeah. What should everybody know? What as we as we take this thing home? What what should people know about um, oxidative stress? What should they know about the NanoV device itself? What what can they look forward to? Like, is there is there like a next generation in the works? Are you guys developing like NanoV two or anything like that? Like, what where where's this thing going? We don't really have a NanoV two on the drawing board. Um, what I'm really where we're really focused right now is getting it in the hands of more people. And ideally, more centers where multiple people can access one device. So that's what we'd really like to to work on and focus on. And um, it it can be in any. There's all kinds of people that use it. Like it's, it's just such a diverse crowd. We have the J2 Porsche racing team using it. You know, um, and they have to be at their peak when they get in the car. And so it's it's really interesting, the diversity of it. And we're open to all of that, but really passionate about keeping people healthy or helping people reclaim their health or boosting the performance for those who are interested in, in really taking it to the next level. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Rowena, thank you so much for, for joining us today on the podcast. Hey, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. For additional insights and practical lessons based on this show, go to naturalstacks.com. The Optimal Performance Podcast is a Natural Stacks original. Our executive producers are Dennis Buckley and myself, Sean McCormick. Our producer is Christian Randall. OPP intro music by Odyssey. Additional music provided by That New Jam. A Randy McCandle production.